Welcome to another episode of India's first pet podcast, Petonomics, brought to you by EP Log Media. Today, we're going to cover pet grooming with our guest and professional pet groomer, Shams Lakani. Welcome to the show. Hi, Isha. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, it's great to have you. So, could you walk us through a bit about how you got into grooming? So, I was in UK for a very good uh, period of about 10 years, 11 years. And uh, I just wanted to change one of, uh, uh, I just wanted to change my um, profession because uh, the one that I was doing, I was managing three train stations in London and I got bored of it. And there was no way of going up uh, professionally. And life had just got very boring. Wanted to do something exciting. So I took my uh, aptitude test. uh, uh, Got that I should be working with either kids or with uh, animals. So I decided to go with animals. And then I uh, did my research about what should I be doing. I found out about uh, dog grooming at that time. And decided to uh, enroll uh, in a uh, school called Absolutely Animals, which is based in London. So I did that uh, extensive course of three months to become a professional dog groomer uh, from Absolutely Animals under uh, world-renowned uh, groomers and uh, uh, show judges Colin Taylor and Heidi Anderton. And post that, I did a, free, uh, a bit of a freelancing in London in several salons in Chelsea, in uh, Different, different salons, basically. And post that, uh, it was always in my plan that I wanted to come back to India and have my own salon. So after that, I came back to Bombay. I started off my own own salon, set up in 2012. Since then, I've been grooming dogs and cats. So that's quite an interesting journey. How did you get, how did you choose pets over children? I mean, have you had ch- uh, childhood pets? Have you had connections with building pets or any animals as a young person? So since childhood, I, I, I always had this... Uh, curiosity you can say towards uh, animal behavior in general as uh, mostly all kids have you know they are curious about many things but I I found uh, this um, compassion you can say in my childhood I had seen a lot of kittens or cats you know getting injured so I used to bring them home I used to try and do first aid on them and all that so I, I always had that alignment towards animals more than kids so that's why I chose animals. Yeah, and they're quite a great, you know, person to be working with in your life. I mean, animals constantly day in and day out. That sounds, that's like, for me, that is the ideal job. Yeah. So it is, I mean, you know, I I like company of animals more than humans, to be honest. (laughs) Uh, Because uh, they are very honest uh, uh, in their uh, behavior, uh, whether it is good or bad. They are very black and white. There is no malice in their heart. Whether if they like something, you know they like something. If they don't like something, they will let you know that they are, they are not liking it. So uh, you also mentioned the UK and that's a very, that's almost like one of the biggest pet hubs in the world. Mm-hmm. Pet shows, like you mentioned, those are very big in the UK and yeah, thus grooming is extension of that. Yeah. So in India, it's a bit, it's a little different, right? I mean, we don't have as many pets and we don't have the infrastructure institutions to support them for sure. Yeah. But the pets that we are receiving, I mean, it's kind of an exponential growth right now. We're seeing a lot of long-haired dogs. We're seeing a lot yes. of breed dogs. We're yes, seeing, yes. in general, just an uptick in yeah. pet ownership. Yeah, definitely. It has, uh, uh, due to many reasons, uh, India is getting, uh, uh, you know, populated more and more every day. Especially Bombay, I see the trend of people uh, adopting or purchasing, uh, you know, puppies, especially breeds like Shih Tzu's and uh, Lhasa's and Yorkshire Terriers. I have seen a lot of Maltese's coming in now. So yeah, it's definitely a uh, growing market up in uh, India, all over I would say. But uh, Metro Cities, yeah, I have 
I have really seen a big jump in uh, since last uh, three four years. So new salons, uh, there are so many new and qualified uh, trainers and behaviorists that we didn't had uh, when I started off in Bombay. So yeah, definitely the market is up. Uh, we are getting a lot of pets, and uh, I think it's a good thing for the industry. It means more work. But uh, with more work, I would say, you know, there comes a lot of responsibility also. So you always have to keep your ethics in your heart and in your in your mind when, when you are serving the pet owners. Because you are not just serving the pet owners, you're basically serving the animals. Yeah, they are essentially your clients. Yeah, yeah. So uh, how often do you walk down a street and see like ridiculously like unkempt pets? How often do you find that we're taking grooming seriously in this country? I don't really have to walk down because I see a lot of uh, badly kept uh, dogs come to me for grooming. <laughs> so, and I I uh, won't totally blame the owners for that. Uh, they are they are just they just don't know. They are just unaware. So, when they come, I I try to uh, share as much information and knowledge about how to keep the pet well groomed. As a groomer, that is my duty. I'm also a qualified trainer and a behaviorist, so I know a little bit about uh, dog, do, you know, dog's behavior. And if I if I find something that the dog is uh, being unusual about, or if I if I see any kind of behavior issue, I try and let them know at the earliest stages, so that it does not es- escalate into a more uh, undesirable behavior like aggression. And saying that, also we as a groomer, we have a very intimate. Uh, uh, relationship when we are when we are grooming dogs, so we sometimes find out about some kind of health issues which uh, the owners may not be aware about. So I'll just give an example of a of a pug we we recently groomed. While I was grooming the pug, I found something unusual about uh, the eye. There was something unusual about the eye. I was not able to get what exactly it is, but there was something wrong. And uh, I informed the owner about it that there is something wrong with the eye. Please uh, get your pet checked by a vet. Uh, two days later, I got a call from the owner thanking me that uh, you actually saved uh, his eyesight because he wow. was yeah. So he was he was kind of beginning to get some kind of a cancer or maybe something like that. I, I don't actually remember what exactly what it uh, it it was technically called. But you know, I mean, as a as a groomer, we are not just as uh, aesthetically making the dogs uh, look beautiful, but uh, it also helps to catch a bad behavior or some kind of health issue as early as possible. Yeah, because when you take your dog to a vet or you take your cat, you're taking your cat to your vet, you're going with a specific problem like, hey doc, my cat or dog is having this issue. But when you take your pet to the groomer, you're not going in with a specific issue, right? The groomer is just generally looking over your entire pet, you know, is aware of his whole or her whole body Mm -hmm. and then can make you know, uh, educated guesses or suggestions. Yeah. Because no, your vet's not going to just go through every part of your yeah, exactly. uh, pet but for I'll, no reason. Yeah, but I'll just I'll just mention you one thing that this industry, all the all the professions are uh, interrelated. So sometimes I get called from vets saying that I've got a Persian cat or an Angora or maybe a Maltese or a Shih Tzu who is badly matted and the owner has no clue what to do about it. So I've referred your name to them. They'll, they'll come to you and then you do it accordingly, what, whatever you, you feel like. Same goes with me also. Sometimes uh, they don't know about the health issue that their dog might be facing or, the, or their cat might be facing. And we, we identify it and then we suggest it. So it actually works around with all the, all the professions in the industry. Yeah, so, there's, there's a, it's a two-way street almost. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. And are you, something interesting you brought up was behaviorism in grooming. And what I have noticed with some dogs is that sometimes they can 
just oddly become aggressive out of nowhere really or your cat can just from nowhere become really irritable and some of those things are typically tied to their grooming right sometimes a dog can get ticks that harasses him and then he just gets aggressive in general or a cat can have too many like what those matted knots, balls mats, yeah. those knots across his yeah. body yeah. or her body and then that again will make your cat irritable because they're yeah. either not able to groom themselves properly yeah. or they can get super itchy yeah so first of all let me just tell you this that dogs does not become aggressive out of the blue aggression um, is a ladder which is you know step by step hota hai it depends upon uh, the experiences that the dogs uh, might have gone through regarding grooming so it is very important uh, for puppies and for for the kittens also i would uh, suggest the same thing uh, from an early age uh, introduce them uh, towards the grooming methods and the procedures even though um, maybe you would feel like uh, the puppy is too small to get groomed isko you know there is no need need for an haircut or whatever it is but it is not about the dog going through the entire procedure it is like slowly introducing uh, the puppy the environment the procedure the process you know how the grooming happens what kind of brushes are what kind of sounds are around what kind of touches are around what kind of handling is been done all these things uh, you know matters a lot if you look at from uh, a dog's viewpoint for for example if i just had uh, got a lassa uh, yesterday uh, one year old ne- never been to a salon he had no idea what a grooming salon is what the dryer does what the trimmer does what the scissors does he only knew a little bit about the brushes which i could you know see from his behavior that with the brushes around he was kind of okay but with other things he was very uncomfortable because he had never been exposed to those equipments and those tools the dryers that we get for pets to dry they are quite uh, he really freaked out you know because he was just he was just sitting upstairs my salon is downstairs so he was just sitting upstairs and he was like he was very curious first but then he had really freaked out he had never been to a salon before so we had a bit of a difficult time as well as a dog had because he was not conditioned he was not practiced to go to a salon you know have a chill out session so it's it's kind of very stressful for the for the dog for for, for that dog it it was on the second end we have dogs who are coming to us uh, uh, from the age of 3 months and they are used to everything with the sound of the dryers with the uh, with the vibrations of the trimmers with the noises that the scissors make everything like you know nails cutting ears cleaning and they are absolutely cooperative because the main thing in grooming is handling the way i handle i would really uh, you know wish that uh, all the groomers qualified not qualified whatever you know they if if they are just doing it uh, through experience they could learn a bit more about handling dogs and cats properly then uh, 50% of the problem would be solved regarding the dog's behavior issue regarding cats uh, yeah uh, they are a different species altogether yeah i mean anyone trying to bathe your cat now you know yeah, you know but, that your cat needs to be doing this yeah but basic age. psychology is the same if if a if a kitten uh, has been introduced to grooming process from a kittenhood then a problem of uh, knots mats also doesn't really happen because the groomer is there to guide you hmm. how many times you have to brush what kind of brushes to use what are the hot spot areas where they can get mats have a look out you know if your if your cat has uh, stopped grooming itself there could be some medical issue there could be some behavior issue so when when the owner is getting a kitten for grooming from a very small age the owner and the groomer are in touch we can guide them if you find something wrong we can tell them but if you have a persian cat or a or a 
से अंगोरा अंगोराज डोंट रियली लाइक वाटर दैट मच एंड एट द एज ऑफ वन ईयर इफ यू जस्ट ब्रिंग अंगोरा फॉर द फर्स्ट टाइम इट्स गोनो बी अ super stressful session for that for that cat yeah. you know so i have i have got i've got clients uh, referred by vets uh, who i got persian cats or angora who are severely limited because the owner had no clue about grooming what brushes to use and yeah. what not and especially with long haired cats you yeah. have to comb them basically every day yeah with yeah. me i miss out two days and then he has a knot on his chest or yeah. under his arm yeah so if you're getting a persian cat i mean psa yeah you have to comb that guy every yeah. day with indian uh, short haired there are a uh, few customers who are very uh, you know finicky about their hygiene so they have been bringing their uh, indian short hair cats uh, to us ever since they were you know kittens they are 3 4 years old and they are they are like absolutely fine yeah. they are used to it and if anything it might even relax them if they're conditioned well enough uh, well with not with the indian cats they oh, okay. just uh, yeah. they no would... my my dog actually i was thinking about him cuz now for him bath time is Yeah, for dogs yeah, yeah. absolutely especially dogs. drying time is like relaxing for yeah, him yeah 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 dogs absolutely i mean i have labradors and golden retrievers they yeah. just run towards my bathtub <laughs> and just jump into and they just like chalo karo jaldi grooming karo they like water so much they like all the procedure you know but there are certain breeds that that you have to consider you have to keep in mind uh, that you know they might not like water you have to know a little bit of a breed breed history about uh, the cat or a dog you know and accordingly you should uh, uh you know approach the yeah. session and especially with cats we don't really consider grooming them when they're short haired as much but we have to remember that they're licking their body constantly right yeah. so if anything gets on them dust yeah. any chemicals dirt your flow cleaner exactly that needs to be cleaned exactly. off by whoever is you know responsible for their grooming it exactly. can't just be them licking off these chemicals all the time exactly so with 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 cats uh they would even lick after a grooming session because there is something foreign that has come onto their body it might be a shampoo or whatever it is it's it's gone but that smell really irritates them and they lick so would you rather want your cat to lick off the safe things on the body or you would want your cat to lick unsafe things like dirt and chemicals and what whatever yeah sometimes my cat's shameless enough to like lick off the spot where I've caressed him it's very <laughs> insulting <laughs> well that happens with me also it's just that they they have the right to insult human beings and <laughs> yeah they they want to smell like them and if anything they want you to smell like them too yeah yeah so you were mentioning like different types of hairs long hair short hair so could you walk us a bit through long hairs and short hairs these all these different coat types we'll mm-hmm. start off with dogs and then discuss cats okay so basically i would just say that there are uh, two kind of coats uh, single coats and double coats now in double coats there are uh, smooth coats there are uh, curly coats there are combination coats that you know comes like smooth coats would be i would say beagle adashian doberman uh, all those are smooth short coats uh, double coats are like labradors you know all those are double uh, uh, labradors and uh, beagle again all those are double coated breeds uh, silky coats i would say lassa maltese shizus and they are single coats by the way okay so they uh, despite yeah. having the long hair yeah. they're single coated yeah so long hair like hair is uh dogs with long coats they have hair and dogs with short coats they have fur okay you know so so what makes something a double coat could you tell us a bit about that so double coat is a dog having a under layer of a of a coat which is often uh, most uh, most often it's very light or white in color and then uh, yeah, they have this upper coat which is which could be any color so in a yellow lab it would be yellow color um golden retriever would be golden color rottweiler might be black 
you know uh, it differs dog to dog german shepherds might be brown and different colors black color whatever it yeah, is yeah when i peel back the slightly browner for the tan fur of my dog yeah uh it's a bit dark it's a bit gray under yeah. it's not definitely not the same color as yeah, what it, i Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that undercoat is uh, what usually is uh, shedding. You know, when when you know people call me up and they say my dog is shedding too much, uh, what should I do? So I ask them to brush with the right brushes. So for German shepherds, I would suggest use a rake comb along with a long steel comb and slicker also. Uh, with Labradors, I would uh, uh, suggest them to use a rubber curry brush. Uh, you should not be using slicker brushes on Labradors or Beagles or. you know dashens or indie indie dogs also so uh, to control the shedding you have to use the right tools shaving off is not an option oh yeah i see like especially since may summer time i mean yeah, we, it's ridiculous i saw yeah, like a shaved get, golden retriever <laughs> if you just want to come and sit uh, maybe on a hot summer day at, at my salon and just listen how many calls we get and how many times i'm just repeating the same thing please do not uh think of shaving your uh, dog please don't think of shaving your dog it's like ridiculous i'm i'm just on like a ek ek tape chalu ho jata hai you know because i try to explain to people that shaving of your labrador or a golden retriever or a german shepherd or a husky is not the solution the shedding would not stop it would it's just that you wouldn't be able to see it the hairs will, sh- will there's nothing to shed right you yeah, just i mean shaved it all off no there is if if even if i'm shaving it off yeah i am shaving it off the upper layer the upper coat which is not shedding which is actually protecting okay the bottom the undercoat is actually yeah, okay so undercoat is that is something which is shedding okay so even if i shave it off i am not going to be able to shave off the undercoat <laughs> it is yeah, just I've the upper i've seen some coat. shave down to the skin and that was just like a whole other level of traumatizing to see because we discussed with a vet in some it episodes is. ago that they have no melanin in their skin so they have no protection <coughs> against the sun exactly it's i mean you are if if you are doing i mean if if there is anyone who is who is shaving a dog with a surgical blade and exposing the skin to the sun you know you are just opening up a box of lot of infections burns. and sunburns and yeah. skin cancer and there are so many things that that you know the dog becomes vulnerable to you see there are bad apples bad uh, you know bad apples and good apples everywhere there are people who are not qualified or experienced to groom dogs but they still do it in low price or whatever but it is the responsibility of the owners to find out about good qualified experienced professionals be it a trainer or a groomer or whoever it is you know when you call up you should ask uh, the credentials of the of the groomer what qualifications they have uh, how many years of experience they have uh, what kind of salon hygiene level uh, they maintain they should also ask if uh, they can come and see the salon if they can come and see us a, a session which is going on you know jaake uh, just you know confirm yeah basically like a, a jackie almost yeah yeah i mean Go just just out. if you, it's just think of it like uh, you are uh, trying to find out a school for your for your kid you would you would yeah. find out a lot <clears throat> more than what you would usually find out about grooming salon right so you would actually call up the school you would probably go there you would probably talk with other parents who whose kids are studying there yeah and this you know? is someone who has like sharp objects near your animals yeah, exactly. so you should definitely feel comfortable exactly making sure that you are comfortable yeah, exactly so so i mean of course the price is something which is uh, you know it it depends person to person how much do they want you know they they want to spend but even if you don't want to spend anything there is no harm in just finding out I get very happy when I get you know calls about okay you are a groomer what are your credentials I'm really happy because most of the people don't ask me that they're yeah. like how much do you charge for this 
<laughs> so, you know that and when somebody actually asks me and they're like I'm sorry that we are asking you this I'm said no no I'm really very happy you know I I I will show you off like you know I have got now now I have got the opportunity to show off my certificates and my experience and everything so I'm really happy yeah so as as a as a pet parent you should always uh, you know uh, as you said uh, do a reiki like you know uh, where the salon is who the groomers are what are the hygiene levels what what are the tools that they are using are they sanitizing all the tools after each and every groom what kind of bathtub do they have uh is that uh, salon uh, friendly for uh, nervous dogs and if not then are the groomers qualified enough to handle those there are many things you know it depends you know case to case but at least do the basic research first before you send off your dog to any salon Yeah and uh, I wanted to ask cuz I'm not sure how this works but are you are the pet, pet parents allowed to be at the salon when the grooming is happening or is that something like I drop him off or her off and I pick her up after some time what is that process like Okay so we don't physically allow the pet owners while the grooming is going on uh, but we have CCTV cameras installed and you can sit and you can see the grooming going live on the screen The reason that we don't allow uh, we we don't physically allow the owners is that the physical presence of the owner makes the dog more anxious and it just makes our job of handling lot difficult i mean i can imagine they're constantly darting looks to their yeah owner darting looks they are barking they are jumping they want to go to the owner and hmm. we are trying to restrain them so we come across as enemy Hmm. you know because we are stopping the dog not to go to the yeah, owner yeah you get that good and bad dynamic yeah so i mean i would rather want a dog to enjoy the spa or at least be neutral about it hmm. you know not to take it into a negative thing so i can understand from the owner's view point that they might have apprehensions if they have come to me for the first time especially that okay i don't know how they are handling what they are doing so for their peace of mind we have got cctvs installed they can sit and they can watch on the screen what we are doing how we are doing they can see the handling but physical presence is something that we don't allow because it's it's first of all it just uh, stresses out the dog a lot and it just makes a groomer's job very very difficult but in some cases yeah we do require uh, owner's presence but the, you know that depends case to case if if there is a certain kind of behavior issue which i think that owner's presence might help hmm then i have to actually ask the owner that please stay Yeah and that's yeah. something you have to figure by having communication with your yeah. groomer you know having yeah. a good relationship with them and yeah. making sure that it's a, again another type of two way street Yeah yeah And uh, also let's get on uh, hair types for cats because I mean for them it seems more or less the same just long hairs and short hairs but I'm I'm sure there's something more to it than that Well yeah without without going too much technical about it I would say yeah basically short hair and long hair so you just have to if you have a <coughs> long haired cat or if you are planning to adopt uh a persian or an angora or a siamese or some breed like that uh just do a bit of a research about you know their grooming requirements and their basic behavior as the breed so like for example i told you that angoras don't usually like to take bath they 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 don't usually like water we have like you know three four angoras that you know comes to us uh, for grooming ever since they were kitten they are absolutely fine you know it's the way you introduce introduce them to the grooming it depends upon that how the handling was done was it forceful was it cooperative with the cat because my basic funda is that uh, always work with the dog with the cat don't work against the dog 
Yeah, I mean, you know? it has to be something that they are receptive to. Otherwise, they can get traumatized as well. Basically, respect them and whatever you think that they are not liking. Yeah. You know, you slowly, uh, you can, uh, you know, teach them to allow you to do it. Yeah. For example, some some dogs don't really take very well with nails clipping. Yeah, mine know? especially. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, first few sessions, I would probably avoid it. Yeah, and you also know? like always be positive, like have a positive reinforcement system yeah, set up. Absolutely. You know, if, like when my dog doesn't like get insane about nail cutting, I'll yeah. give him treats. Yeah. To make sure that he understands firstly, it's a safe yeah. procedure for you. I'm not hurting you. Yeah. So that is, that is what is, uh, you know, technically called uh, desensitization. But uh, it does not happen overnight. It takes time. Well, yeah, a lot you know, of time. <laughs> yeah, it takes it takes time. Once the dog is desensitized uh, for a certain grooming process, then probably we can uh, start with, you know, counter conditioning. So once the dog has actually taken a thing neutrally, then we can try and uh, make him take that thing positively also. But it's it, it takes time. The owner has to work, uh, you know, along to change that behavior. So it is not just a groomer's responsibility to do that. It's collective. It's collective. If, yeah. Again, if you're being aggressive with your brushing at home, yeah. or if it's in uh, an unhappy environment, so yeah. to speak, then yeah. your dog's not going to enjoy that at the groomer just because the groomer is doing it in a you know happier, better way. Of course. So um, another thing we can discuss is what unhealthy hair really does for dogs. Because I mean, from what we've discussed right now, it's very obvious that grooming isn't just aesthetic. Mm-hmm. It's something that's essential to the... I mean, imagine if you had to sit with unwashed hair for three weeks. How would you feel, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So could you just help us peer a bit into the minds of animals that haven't been groomed well? How does a cat feel when he's covered in mats? How does a dog feel when his hair is just rough and stinky? <laughs> okay, so uh, I'll start with cats first. So if a cat is badly, you know, badly knotted, I always give this very gross example to owners so that hoping that they would remember it for a long time. So I would just suggest that uh, the cat is matted severely on several places of uh, the body and uh, they cannot speak up how much pain they are going through. But I would just give an example. That is what I say to the owners that imagine that your armpit hairs have grown too long and I have tied it to the skin. And now I ask you to move your arm up. That's a very sensitive area. Yeah. Human human sensitive area. Yeah. So if you actually pull your arm up, can you imagine the pain? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yeah. So that is, you know, those kind of gross examples I give so that they remember. Yeah. I mean, you know? it's difficult for people to visualize also. They're like, I need bachai. Like, what is he going to feel? Yeah. It's just a mat. Another thing, you know, about cats and dogs is that they, they have higher threshold of pain than humans. So even if uh, they are going through pain, they would try not to show it because... In the wild, if they show some kind of it's pain and weakness, that can yeah, lead to yeah, so like, that is that is something to do with the DNA, you know. So that that also you have to keep, uh, you know keep, uh, keep in mind. Yeah. So I try and explain that you know that is what it is with the dog. I mean, same thing with the long-coated breeds like Shizus and Lassas. I do the same uh, example. Uh, for short-coated breeds like Beagles, maybe or Labradors, and uh, if the dog is not brushed uh, properly. I tell them that this would eventually, you know, cause him uh, some sort of skin issues, some sort of uh, some sort of bacterial or yeast infection, because uh, air circulation is not happening. There is no uh, if you if you don't brush your dog's hair, it doesn't matter. It's a short coat, long coat. You have to at least brush him. Even if you have a beagle or a labrador, brush him at least once or twice a day, so that blood circulation keeps on moving in the body. It keeps the skin healthy. Secondly, uh, because the hair, because the coat is free, uh, 
there is more air, air circulation inside the uh, you know between the single coat and the double coat so chances of him getting any uh, bacterial infection or yeast infection becomes lesser hmm. of course it all also you know depends upon what 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 kind of diet the dog is having but grooming wise those things are necessary to to you know keep your dog in healthy position if if you ignore that bit uh the dog is not going to come and say to you okay you know it's time for my grooming appointment take me uh it's just going to do what whatever the best he can do probably scratch a lot hmm. uh bleed himself you know or maybe uh, get into a bite. they get nasty biting habits sometimes yeah they yeah. they you know chew onto their paws yeah. their tail and then that could lead to severe uh, behavior issues also you know so it is it is not just aesthetic wise everything is related mental health physical health is related to a well groomed dog yeah you know so I mean, um, if you just brush him once, if you have a Labrador, one, brush him once a day, it's enough. It will probably keep him healthy. And uh, what are some at-home tips that every pet parent should have? For example, you've mentioned grooming habits. You know, at least try and groom them once a day. If it's a long-haired dog, definitely once a day. More than more than two three times. <laughs> you three can never overbrush a dog. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are some other at-home tips that? people should have in mind like for me i'm someone that likes bathing my dog because it's a fun activity for us yeah so is there something people should keep in mind what is the water temperature how often should you be bathing your dog if you're doing it yourself at yeah. what point do you definitely need to see a groomer okay. so these like home tips that everyone should be aware of see i mean um walking a dog is a bonding experience and so is grooming your dog so if you really like bathing your dog uh, i would suggest you to learn it first uh you can uh, learn it from some professional you know qualified groomer you can probably do a one day workshop which i do for you know pet parents who wants to groom their dogs in, at 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 home learn that and then do it how often you should be sending uh, your dog to a salon it depends breed to breed uh, your requirement the dog's requirement but generally i would say if it's a uh, if it's a shizu then probably every uh, once in maybe 10 days for a maintenance you know uh, bath and dry and proper hygiene and everything if you have a labrador maybe maybe twice in a month should be okay but if you do decide to groom your dog or bathe your dog at home at least once a month you should be sending your your dog to a salon for a for a proper clean up hmm. you know dogs like labradors golden retrievers especially golden retrievers they they have this overgrowth of the underpaw hair hmm. so when they are walking things get stuck in yeah, yeah I, I mean, and also they slip Yeah, all too. Sometimes well. you know because of continuously slipping every now and then, they might get muscle pain or maybe you know some. Yeah, and especially tear. with German shepherds, German they can shepherds get hip also pain. Yeah, HD uh, hip hip dysplasia is a very common major thing, which yeah. also you know slipping on the floors you know adds on to that. Hmm. So at least once a month, you should just go to a salon, just make sure that the overgrowth is removed, the hygiene area is clean, so that poop and pee should not be should not be sticking basically to the yeah. hair. You know. and uh, nail clipping i mean i feel like personally that's something like you need to take your pet to a groomer because there's also like this point where there's actual like nerves and blood in the nail itself yeah. right so it's yeah. very difficult as a pet parent to have that experience of knowing when to stop yeah especially with the black nails yeah especially yeah. with yeah because yeah. i know i've tried with my dog and i'm just like yeah he gets stressed out nothing really happens yeah. So yeah, definitely with nail clippings. Yeah, so I have this pug who who just hates you know getting his nails done. So the moment we grab the paw, he just wants to come and bite you till he's won. Like you know he's got it. Uh, that is because of his first experience that uh, you know happened somewhere else. The dew claw was 
was cut more than it was required. Oh. The puppy at that time he was a puppy. He had bled too much and he had gone through a lot of pain. So that has remained in his memory forever. He is six years old now, by the way. Since last four years he is coming to me, but he still has that memory. That that episodic memory is still there. He is not able to forget it. Could you give us an example in humans of something they could relate to to understand that? That pain that one might feel? Is it like cutting off the tip of your finger or ripping off the part that's attached to your finger? Uh, yeah. It's kind of like that, ripping yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it is more than that because uh, with that puppy, what happened is that, see, with, with, with dogs, they uh, they have a nerve between the nails. It's It's technically called quick. Okay. So if it's cut too much, then it will bleed. Hmm. And quick grows along with the nail. So you have to make sure that you you do a regular nail trimming maybe every 10 days, 15 days. It depends dog to dog. You know, some some dogs tend to grow it very quickly. So might have to do it every week also. Uh, it also depends upon how many times you are walking your dog. <coughs> yeah, some, some dogs, they naturally file the nails yeah. if you're taking them for sufficient walks. I mean, yeah. I, sometimes I say that that's the mark of knowing whether your dog has walked enough. Exactly. His nails are, or her exactly. nails are filed. Exactly. Naturally, yeah. of course. Yeah. So it, it depends on all those factors. But... Uh, <clears throat> with nails, I think the first episode or the first few sessions that you take him to a vet, maybe you're taking to the groomer, the handling, again, I'm seeing the same thing. Handling is something that is very important uh, for the puppy to get, uh, to take grooming or the different processes of grooming to take it nicely. So if an incident like that happens, then for a puppy, it is, you know, very difficult to let go. So... I mean, just make sure that I would. I would just say the owners that you know, just uh, just just keep checking uh, uh, paws, nails every now and then. Yeah, check between the paws. I mean, yeah, take check the time. between the paws. Check under the paws. Especially check the dew claws, which are the fifth nails. If uh, you know, uh, because when they are walking, the, when the when the dog is walking, the four nails are getting grinded. Hmm. But the fifth nail, which is the dew claw, does not basically touch the hmm. floor and it might actually roll into the skin sometimes if it is neglected which could actually pierce the skin and it's then then it's a medical issue then then it's too much pain yeah, for, I mean, for the dog yeah. like imagine if your thumb just grew in your yeah. thumbnail grew into yeah. your you know wrist yeah. so, uh, like so some interesting things that uh, I think are specific to Indian pet parents are the extreme weathers we face yeah. I mean, there are very few countries that have like 45 degree heat and then like floods up to two feet. Yeah. And then also just like incredibly like two degree weather, like uh, winters. Yeah. So what are some things we can do with our pets for those specific things? We can start with summer because I mean, that's... Okay, so I mean, um, first you understand one thing that all breeds, they have these coats, especially the double coated breeds. They, they, they are made, naturally made like that, that they, the coat provides... Uh, for the lack of heat as well as for the lack of cold or increase of cold. Okay. So it basically works as a heater as well as, as an AC. Okay, so it's an insulation basically. Insulation also and it's kind of an AC also. So it's it's basically, you know, it, it knows its job. Don't, don't cut it off. Maybe you can have a little bit of trimming for a golden retriever because it's a, a you know, combination coat. But not trimming completely, not a zero cut. That's just getting off the stuff that's just yeah, in maybe, excess. Yeah, so we, we call it feathering. 
in technical terms. So feathering is basically the the uh, excessive hair which is hanging out of the butt, maybe, or from the rump area, or maybe from the chest area. Yeah, and the stuff between the paws. Yeah, stuff between the paws. So maybe that we can trim it off. But because it is summer and the and you think that the dog might be feeling very hot, so shaving him off is good. It's actually you are doing more harm than anything else. No. Yeah, I mean, imagine just keeping your bare arm, your own bare arm, with melanin yeah, and everything exactly. in the sun. It, it's not comfortable. Yeah. So by by shaving off, you know, you are just taking away the protective layer, which actually would have worked better. You know. Hmm. So I would just say one thing, like you know, keep keep the coat healthy, keep the skin healthy, brush your dog every day, be it winter, be it summer, because the coat knows how to work according to the weather. The body knows when to shed, how much to shed. If you do find excessive shedding during certain time of the year, then maybe you want to go and check with the vet. Is there something medically wrong? Or uh, uh, also the age of the dog matters. Uh, also the diet matters. There are a lot many things. But usually brushing is the basically uh, you know the the correct uh, thing to do. Not to do anything more than that. To be honest with you, just brush your dog with the right tools. If you have a Labrador, uh, if you have a Beagle, if you have a Doberman, a Rottweiler, uh, short coat breed, use rubber curry combs. Uh, you will be surprised, you know, how much uh, hair that rubber curry combs actually r- removes. Oh yeah, I mean, when I groom my dog and yeah. I get his hair out, yeah, it's the size of my cat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So even after you are like brushing since half an hour, you are like, oh my god, so much hair. And then again, you brush for five minutes, you are like, why? Where, where is it coming from? <laughs> So just brush it, you know, I mean, maybe uh, if you have a German Shepherd, I would say maybe about 20 minutes, half an hour's brushing should be okay, yeah. you know, to keep the coat and the skin healthy grooming wise. For the labs, the same thing. Um, golden Retrievers, you can use a mixture of sleeker combs, uh, long steel combs and uh, rubber curry uh, with Shih Tzu's, Lhasa Apso's, Maltese. You need to use sleeker combs, good quality, good branded ones. Use good... Uh, uh, quality and branded uh, grooming sprays never dry dry comb your shih tzus. that might actually uh, you know damage the coat so choose a groomer go to a groomer find out ask them questions what kind of grooming sprays can you use what kind of brushes can you use yeah and uh, you cannot use human products or dogs absolutely That's, uh, not another absolutely little PSA not. absolutely not the pH balance of human beings and pH balance of cats and dogs are totally on a different wavelength. It's it's not at all, uh, you know, good. If you, I would not suggest to use any human products, no matter how expensive they are. It's not suitable for animals. They have their own uh, uh, brands and uh, products. You can speak with the vet. The vet might be able to tell you more about uh, what kind of products to use, looking at the skin maybe. Hmm. You know, because um, uh, in monsoon time, usually we get dogs with a bit of a fungal infection, with a bit of a bacterial uh, infection. So, you know, the doctors basically subscribe medicated shampoos also to a few dogs, depending upon the skin thing. Yeah. But if not, then you can always ask a groomer. Yeah. You know? I mean, the. Or even better, just get the groomer to wash your dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I That's mean, a much like yeah. smoother process then. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Also, um, in the rains, yes, you brought up like these fungal infections, and oftentimes, you know, you take your dog out. Even if you have a raincoat, yeah. your dog's hairs, your head is going to end up getting wet because we don't have those fancy like, uh, I've seen them online, but they have these like rigs that basically yeah. make the head stay up. Yeah. 
So we don't have that. I mean, your dog's paws are going to get wet. Your dog's face is going to get wet. Tail yeah. sometimes. Yeah. How do you deal with that as a pet parent? What are the precautions? Like this has to happen once he comes home or she comes home. Yeah. So I would I would say that completely dry uh, your dog with a dry towel, that thick, you know, Turkish towel that uh, that you get. Try completely off. Uh, with the paws, I would say maybe uh, you can use mixture of um, uh, apple cider vinegar. Uh, with water maybe one teaspoon of apple cider vinegar in a jug of water should be okay you can just dip your dip the paws in it all fours one by one just wipe it off completely just make sure that it is towel dried properly that should be okay uh, if not if you cannot use uh, use apple cider vinegar you can also use betadine because see basically apple cider vinegar and betadine uh, what they do is uh, they kill off the bad bacterias so hmm. any chances of getting infection actually reduces a lot. Yeah, and a paw has also has a lot of crevices. You know, there's a good yeah. chance that any dirt can get stuck in yeah, or any dirt also ticks also. Yeah, you know, so because that is that is how you know ticks usually gets onto the dog. Hmm. Mostly, what what I have seen is they always start from the paw. Oh yeah, and they just climb their way up. Yeah, <laughs> mostly. Yeah, that is what I have seen. Yeah. So, um, dry off your pets, making sure they're dry. Right, that's the essential. They're completely yeah, towel dry. Yeah. Dry. yeah. So, uh, since this rainy season, we're kind of exiting it at this stage. What are some cases? Sorry, I just yeah. want to add on to that yeah. monsoon thing that uh, with uh, uh, long-coated breeds, well, I have seen like, you know, especially golden retrievers, uh, the belly really gets very dirty. German Shepherds Oh yeah, also. it, it yeah. turns brown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So exactly the same thing. And uh, it is better that uh, if you can take your dog to a groomer's place and get that part removed so, so that you have better access and also it gets less dirty so get that part trimmed right yeah but yeah yeah of course and also with the shizus what what i have a uh, uh, lot of owners they have come with this novel ideas of their own so they have seen poodles and they have seen that you know poodles have this specific uh, hairstyle where their toes hair are completely gone like completely removed oh yeah, yeah, yeah. they have like that so they are like actually do this so that you know my dog also cannot uh, have any uh, dirt and whatever it just reduces a lot and you can probably go for that we call it poodle feet that we do on shizus and lasas it looks funny but i mean you know it just the trouble is so less for the owner and for the for the dog also yeah so maybe for monsoons you can go for that uh, hygiene cream which we you know remove the tummy hair a little bit near the near the groin area um armpit area you know all those so maybe you can do that so what are some cases that you've seen of you know monsoon related issues since we're just coming out of monsoon right now see basically maintaining the cleanliness of the of the dog you know post walks secondly ticks fleas and thirdly i have seen uh, a rise of uh, you know fungal infection getting a bit more than usual around hmm. the year so those those things are those three things are very common uh, you know in monsoon so look wise maintenance wise you can you know cut off the um, you can do the hygiene cream you can actually you know get rid of the uh, hair which is under the paws and around the paws with fungal and bacterial it is always safe and that is what you should be doing because as a groomer it's not my job to um, check it through medically and then advise you medically i'm not qualified for that you have to go to your vet get your dog checked and accordingly take a call whatever the vet vet says also ticks and fleas i was saying that you know uh, during when the when the weather is very um, what do you call it uh, humid i have seen a rise of ticks and fleas hmm. you know so just make sure that the spot ons are done on timely basis deworming's are done on timely basis follow the vet's advice basically 
mean, is there a way to actually prevent flea infestations? Like my dog gets spot on every like month and a half. Yeah. But I mean, it's just like, it's insane how much just going out for a walk can cause. Like so maybe there are few, uh, there are there are sprays that uh, you can readily uh, purchase from the market, which actually prevents uh, fleas and things to get on the body. Okay, so that's something you would like to spray on maybe the paws so that they don't come on in the first yeah, place. Yeah, but if, if like, if you're finicky about not, believing in this in those products then you can actually make it at home so you can take a bit of a neem oil mix it with a bit of a coconut oil water apple cider vinegar spray it all over the body brush it out properly and then go on a walk yeah because I mean I'm like here fleas are insane yeah. for months my dog will be like flea free because yeah. it's like and cold people out of the road, underestimate uh, fleas because of their oh, size or whatever yeah they're crazy they they the do worst. more damage. Yeah, they do so much more damage and than things what like tick fever. Also, if yeah, your dog ticks, is enough. Yeah, ticks. This is also very common. And uh, the bad thing about tick fever is that once your dog has gotten it, there is always a chance of re- re- recurrence. Hmm. You know, so you have to just make sure that your dog is tick free, flea free. Um, you timely basis you should be doing spot ons. Timely basis you should be doing vaccinations. Uh, you know, just make sure that you do uh, spray. Maybe, you know, I I said about that anti-flea spray. Yeah, I mean, just even make it at home if you're not yeah, that you can, it's, it's not Yeah, it's, it's not that expensive, to be honest with you. you can just take up maybe few drops of neem oil, few drops of coconut oil, as I said, a little, little bit of water, mix it with ACV. Don't use uh, apple cider vinegar if uh, there is any open wound. Hmm. Okay. No, because that really is not really advisable. It would probably burn a lot. <laughs> it would, yeah. It would, yeah. So, just a disclaimer there. Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's a pretty, pretty comprehensive review of like monsoon care. Because yeah. at home, again, it's very difficult also in India to take that initiative, you know, let's yeah. go to the groomer. Yeah. Like I found that it's obviously improving a lot now. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. But that initiative is still something that yeah. a lot of pet parents have to get around to. Yeah. But uh, uh, when I started off back in 2011-12, people were not that much aware. Now, I have seen a lot of difference. People are researching a bit before they're actually, you know, getting a dog. Uh, they are calling up, they are getting in touch with the trainers, they are getting in touch with vets, they are getting in touch with groomers. Asking, you know, what what they want a dog, what breed they should take. So they are researching a bit. And even if uh, someone has not researched and has got a dog, after getting the dog, they are researching a bit. Hmm. You know, so I, I I get calls from my customers who have recently gotten puppies. <coughs> so if they if they don't find suitable answers from Google, <laughs> they call me. I, you know, because Google ka ye ke, it can give you answers for everything, but it cannot give you answer for yourself. Yeah, and especially being again such a specific country yeah. like India yeah. with its own set of issues. Yeah, so I mean you can research all. I mean it's amazing that you know everything is online. You can you can do a lot of research, but before believing in anything, just have a reference point with a profession, with a with a professional. You know before you do anything, maybe if you want to medicate your dog or you want to clip the nails or whatever it is, speak with the vet first before you actually medicate anything. You know, before you clip the nail, speak with the with the with the groomer, the right way to do it. You know? hmm. So, I mean, but yeah, you know, coming back to that topic, yeah, people are uh, becoming more aware now. They are uh, really taking uh, you know good care of the puppies that they have recently adopted or purchased. Uh, they are keen to learn more about the dog's behavior and how to you know bring them up, what quality of life they uh, they want to give, uh, what is right, what is wrong. 
you know. So and it's, yeah, it's a, also a great bonding exercise. You know, just being combing your dog, sitting with him or her for yeah. 30 minutes, you're, you're dedicating that part of your day to your pet. Yeah. Or even your cat. Cats are not some, the type of animal that we typically run around and throw balls yeah. to catch and play absolutely. catch with. So that grooming can be that gateway into understanding your cat a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, with, with cats, I mean, what I do with my cats, I would just tell you is that um, one of my cat is a bit, you know moody I mean all the cats basically are but <laughs> one of my cat is a bit more moody than the other one so if she comes to me you know that is the right time for me to do massage her and everything rather than forcing her into <laughs> it you know so when she comes to me I just you know take out my brush oh yeah, yeah. And just, same with my yeah. cat like the brush yeah. is kept on the side table yeah. so I know when he yeah, comes exactly. to me yeah exactly just turn around and comb him yeah yeah and then then she sits for a while until she wants to and then once she's done she's like she, you know we know that she just gives you a look and like it's like okay. yeah that way cats are going to treat you like you're yeah, you know that yeah. you are their so salon at for that them. time I, at that time because I don't want her to run away from me I just keep my brush aside hmm. I don't want her to think that my company is only brushing hmm. and for extensively you know so that is also one thing to, to keep in mind when to start and when to stop yeah you ne- never force your dog or your cat into any kind of grooming process. You know, if they can tolerate you because uh, you are the owner, you are the resource, uh, you are the main person where everything, every other resources are coming from. So don't take that for granted. Just because he's your pet and you can do anything, hmm. don't do that. Respect is something yeah. that is, you know, needed in a relationship. So that is what I would say. Also, if you're lucky enough with your cat, uh, they also groom you. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. they just climb onto your head and scratch it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and yeah, they call kneading their paws. Yeah, all of, I mean, that's the best thing. Yeah. It's like a proper head massage. So just putting their hormones onto you, basically. Yeah, I mean, I'm my <laughs> pet's property now. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> some breeds require more maintenance grooming than other other breeds. So, but all dogs do require at least monthly visit to a salon I would I would say for you know maybe uh, for a nail clipping or a ear cleaning thing you know that is something which should not be uh, uh, neglected or ignored you know what what you can do at home and if you think that you can achieve the same result try sending your Labrador once at a salon you will see the difference you will definitely see the difference you know but yeah I mean if you have a Shizu or a Lhasa you have to or before you take or you adopt a Lhasa or a Shizu be ready mentally and financially you know, that uh, the grooming maintenance is too high for yeah. these breeds. You will have to send them regularly to a salon to keep their coat healthy, skin healthy. If you have a, a German Shepherd or if you have a Husky, uh, those breeds sheds a lot. So maybe every 20-25 days you can actually send them for a de-shedding spa. Many salons do that. We also do it. So de-shedding spa basically controls the shedding up to 80 to 90% for about 20-25 days. So you will see a lot, lot of reduction in, in shedding for roughly about a month. And then you will start to see it again that, Achha, you know, if you say he's starting to shed. So monthly visit at least, you know, for a de-shedding spa, for your short-coated, double-coated breeds. And uh, maybe fortnightly or every 10 days, you can send your shizu. Yeah, and just making sure that you have a good relationship with your groomer. I mean, these are some of our takeaway points. Yeah, of course. I mean, see, as a groomer, we uh, we have this ethical duty towards uh, the dogs, okay, towards the cats. Uh, those are our ultimate clients, okay. But for their well well being, we have to speak with the humans, and we, I mean, no 
qualified experienced uh, groomer would uh, give you any kind of ill advice and uh, even if you think that the advice given to you was not correct or uh, did not you know found its logical head then maybe you can double check it with some other groomer also or some other vet also there is always an uh, option of taking a second opinion hmm. you know also about uh, shaving of uh, dogs uh, sometimes vets uh, uh, suggested uh in case of when uh, there is severe tick infestation or uh, severe skin infection has happened and the skin uh, has to be treated externally as well as internally some medications has to be applied to get rid of uh, the ticks uh, or the skin infection at that time it is uh, absolute absolutely necessary uh only and as a as a groomer i would suggest that only during this times when a dog is severely severely infested with ticks or has got severe fungal infection uh, and if the vet has strongly prescribed it then go for it and if a vet has prescribed it saying that uh, the the dog needs to be shaved because uh, we need to um, uh, apply some sort of medications onto the skin or we need to apply some sort of ointment or we need to give uh, some sort of special medicated washes uh, for certain period of days every 3 4 days you know the owner should be able to understand that why the vet is prescribing a complete shave off is it absolutely necessary is there a treatment uh, that is going to be done post that and if so for how many days how long is is that going to last all these things relies you know on uh, on the owner to get the information from from the vet because met the vet might not give you all the information necessary until you ask them so you know that was about the shaving of the dogs but as a groomer if you just come and tell me that just shave off my dog i won't you know <laughs> unless it is severely matted uh and for anything else i would uh, always ask to go and uh, take a second or uh, second opinion of the vet and then and then decide what to do. so but yeah Right so I think that's a very good place to conclude this episode. Yeah lovely. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this and that you know I hope that our listeners too will enjoy the information that they've gotten again with the extreme seasons there's you know you have to keep changing tactics to make sure that your pet's okay. Yeah. So yeah thank you so much for inviting me. I really had a very good time uh, talking about dogs and cats. Uh so this brings us to the end of our first season. We'll be back with more very soon. And and meanwhile, send us your feedback on Twitter using the hashtag #petonomics. Leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts, and make sure that you subscribe to the show. 